0: You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. This episode is all about football. Saturday afternoon excitement, down the pub or going to the match, listening on the radio, the results coming in on your phone, The mixed emotions of a big game, the joy, the tension, the disappointment, the celebrations, the rivalries, the joy of being a child and playing football in the park, jumpers for goalposts, to the international spectacle of the World Cup. Huge moments of drama, witnessed by the whole world simultaneously. The star players, the controversial refereeing decisions, angry and stressed out football managers, the tears, the injuries, the glamorous and sexy footballers wives and the sight of a perfectly struck free kick the ball spinning and curling in the air in slow motion as it glides over the wall and over the heads of defenders curving through space and beyond the tips of the goalkeepers fingers as it sails majestically right into the top corner of the goal sending the net billowing back and cascading behind it the goalkeeper still falling the players staring, there's that brief moment of silence before the entire stadium just explodes like a million tonnes of dynamite, but in a good way. Football. Our old friend. Or maybe you can't stand it. Maybe for you it's just 90 minutes of crushing boredom watching powerless while a bunch of overpaid prima donnas kick an airfield sack around a green rectangle. While nothing happens, nothing changes, men get either drunk, depressed or violent, or even worse, drunk, depressed and violent. The inarticulate players cheat and dive onto the floor like broken flowers, injured beyond repair and then jump up again in order to argue with the referee back to full health their wounds miraculously cured the managers shout and just look stressed out no one makes any sense when they talk about it there's way too much money involved and it never ever ever ends football the, the wonderful world of football but we love it don't we yes we do it's the world's number one sport and for that reason this episode is devoted to it. Now, with me, I'm not alone in this episode, with me uh, to my right is Mr. James Simpson. Hello, James. Hello, Luke. And uh, I brought James into this episode because he's like a kind of... Um, he's, he's a bit of a, uh, a football expert, really. He watches all the premiership games. He keeps up with football. And so he's the guy who knows all about it, all right? So, um, I OK, James, I've given my my kind of opening statement... About football, um, I thought it was appropriate to kind of give an opening statement at the beginning, considering the the, the kind of weight and international significance of this episode. so I think it 's only fair for me to give you the opportunity to make your own opening statement about football um, so um, over to you James well, football for me is is more than a game it 's part of the culture
1: for many countries a way of life for millions. There are people who base their weekend around going to a match or watching a game with friends in the pub. It's a social event. It brings people together. I mean, if I meet someone for the first time and there's that awkward, what are we going to talk about moment, football is a saviour. Did you see the game last night? Yeah, I did. And off we go. Awkward situation sorted. It's one of the only things I can think of that is truly global. You can go anywhere in the world and they may not know the same music or films as you, they may not speak the same language, but if you produce a football, everyone knows the basic rules and you can have a kick around. Everyone watches or is aware of the World Cup and again it brings people together. People are proud to have their team represented and play against other countries. For me personally, Lou, it's it's the ultimate form of escapism. Uh, It's the opportunity to forget life's problems and be completely taken by something. You know, there's passion, drama, excitement, disappointment. It's got it all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. I think we've probably sold it enough to the listeners at this point (laughs) that football is a good subject for us to talk about. Now, people have been... um, asking me to do episodes about football for ages and i've I, you know i keep promising them yeah i'm gonna do a football episode soon i promise i've been doing that for years and i'm so i'm very glad glad to finally have the opportunity to get round to talking about football on luke's english podcast um I, I imagine some of my listeners have started to think well he, he probably doesn't like football <laughs> that's the only reason why he hasn't really talked about it. it's because he's not interested i am i love football i've loved football for years since i was a kid and um I, the reason i haven't talked about it on the podcast is because i just feel like it's such a big subject that i don't really know where to start you know what i mean Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we might have to do a few of these podcasts. Exactly. I think the plan is that we're going to do a number of episodes in which we deal with different things relating to football, because we can't cover it all in one episode. Now, I realise that some of you listening to this might think, well, this is this is Luke's English podcast, isn't it? It's not Luke's football podcast. And you're right, of course. Um, I, I'm aware that you know not all of you are big football fans. But that's fine. I don't think you need to be a big football fan, because... Um, what i 'm going to try and do here is is look at football from the point of view of sort of English as a foreign language that means um you know as we 've just established football is commonly talked about it 's one of those subjects that you can use to bond with people to get to know people i 'm sure a lot of you have been in that situation where you 're in a bar or in a pub or something and there 's a football match going on and everyone starts to kind of get involved, and you meet people. You actually meet some people in the pub, and what are you talking about? Well, you're talking about the big event that's going on, It, it be it the World Cup, uh, the, the, the football uh, cup final, or whatever. Uh, it's a common way to, to just talk to people. In business, you know, people make small talk. Football is one of those uh, neutral topics that uh, you can talk about. So, it helps to learn just some basic things about how to talk about football. If you don't really know much about football, then you're going to learn some basic things in this in this episode. You're going to learn the basics. What, How to survive a football conversation, let's say. How to survive a, a conversation about football. Um, and so I, I think there are several possibilities for things we can cover in episodes about football on the podcast. One of them is uh, language that we use to describe the game, And probably that involves kind of discussing football, for example, making small talk about football, talking about the game that was on TV last night, talking about the World Cup, that kind of thing. Then, on the other hand, we've got the language that we use when we actually play football. Um, You may know that on the football pitch, we use a whole range of different expressions that are unique to the football pitch. So, it might be useful for a lot of you who play football to learn how to play football in English um so i I've, there's lots and lots of vocabulary that relates to football and also lots and lots of idioms which are used in f- in in talking about football um so there's there's so much uh, available to us so i'm going to plan some episodes in which i go through um like specific terms specific bits of vocabulary relating to football um or 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 relating to playing football, but really in this episode, as an introduction, we're just going to chat about football, and we will see which expressions naturally come up in our conversation, okay? Um, And then later on, in, in subsequent episodes, we can actually deal with specific items of vocabulary later on. But for now, let's just Let's have a let's have a chat about football. All right. And I've, I've got some questions for James. So we're going to get to know him a little bit and then we'll move on to talk about the premiership. We'll talk about some of the, the most important things you need to know about the English premiership. And we'll talk about international football, um, you know, with um, with with the fact that the the World Cup is coming up uh, in Brazil later this year. OK, so so um, so James, uh, welcome to the podcast i'm very happy to be here now you're not new to
1: podcasting isn't that right yes i have a podcast that's called the paris pods which is all about life in paris and I've been doing that for a couple of years so yes not not new to the the old
0: microphone i i actually have episodes of the paris pod on my mp3 player i listen to you and and your friend matt um and you've actually accompanied me on on various journeys around Paris on the metro and on the the RER. and it's very good it's really good it's it's really accurate. It's a great sort of summary of what it's really like to live in Paris. and it's also a very interesting um, kind of look cultural look at, at life in another country. I think it's great it's been a, it's a very good cross-cultural resource in fact oh thank you very much it's great to hear that can is it can you find it online yes you can find the www.theparispod.com all the episodes are available i do recommend that you listen to it ladies and gents it's obviously it's all in english you can hear uh james and matt's very clear uh british english as they discuss the Trials and tribulations of being an Englishman in Paris, and there are many, you know, rude waiters and um, things like that. Yes,
1: all sorts, all sorts of anecdotes and awkward situations that we've found ourselves in.
0: Yeah, I do recommend it. So check out the Paris Pod. You'll be able to find a link to that on my website, which you all know is teacherluke.wordpress.com. The Paris Pod. All right, but um, let's just briefly talk about you james where are you, where are you from first of all well, i'm from
1: a little town called winchester which is in hampshire yeah which is in england yes and it's one of these places where it's it's not really anywhere it's it's in the countryside and it's it's not near any big football teams yeah um which is why when i came to choose a, a football team I went back to where my parents and grandparents are from mm. which is Sheffield yeah in the north of England
0: All right so you, wait you support which which Sheffield team because there's two teams in Sheffield right Yeah I'm I'm for Sheffield United Sheffield United okay that now two teams in Sheffield Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday Yes I, I always liked the name Sheffield Wednesday because I don't know why they were named after the the day of the week called Wednesday, mm. um, but anyway, Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United. Sheffield United are one of the oldest teams in 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 English football, yes, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, little known fact: Sean Bean is a is a Sheffield United fan. I know. Yeah. You know. You know um, I wonder if my listeners know who Sean Bean is. What's he famous for? He played uh, Boromir in Lord of the Rings. And he's in uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Season one. Absolutely,
1: yeah. He, he tends to get killed in most films or TV series that he's in.
0: Yeah, he's usually in some medieval drama... And he normally gets killed with an arrow or he gets his head chopped off. Yeah. So he's a big Sheffield United fan.
1: He is, yeah. I've, I've seen him a few times at games. Really? And I've, I've actually met him, yeah. Have you really? Yes. What's he like? Uh, very nice, yeah. He, did- he didn't get killed in my presence. <laughs> Good. <which was laughs>
0: what did he say to you? He didn't say winter is coming, did he? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Right, yeah. You're, you're, you're for the game, are you? Oh, yeah. you got, you, got, you got watch out. Winter's coming. <laughs> that's, my, that's the worst Sean Bean impression ever.
1: That's how people talk up in Sheffield. Really? Yeah. Give us a
0: bit more of that. Eh? Oh well. Oh, cracking. Oh, it's cracking. Did you see the game on Saturday? Oh, I was down pub. Oh, it were it were right. Great, wasn't it? Oh, I was with our uh, Jack. Your Jack? Oh. Hi. Oh, okay. Right. In, in in Yorkshire, for some reason, if you're talking about a person from your family, you have to use the word hour. Like oh yeah, we we're, were with our we were with our Jack, our Jack meaning Jack like uh, probably our Jack, our son our son Jack. You hear it in, oh yeah our friend or is it friend as well? I, f- I suppose it could be if it's a very close friend. It's a it's a way of like referring to someone who's like very close to you. Our our Jack. You obviously wouldn't say Jack. It's just depending on the name. Mm. Um, I wonder if if uh, if. <laughs> I can't imagine my listeners using that yeah we we went to uh we went to the English class with our hiroshi <laughs> it, it might sound a bit odd, they do it in Manchester as well it's not just Yorkshire yeah like oasis the the, the group from Manchester oh, yes yeah. our our kid oh. our kid meaning younger brother there you go anyway, so you're a sheffield united fan
1: I am unfortunately i mean I, I say unfortunately because um back in the day. Uh, we were up in the Premier League, mm. and have slowly over the last ten years slipped down the divisions and we're now in League One, which is uh yeah it's just two divisions down from the Premier League, so uh difficult times to be a Sheffield United supporter, oh, yeah. but I do compensate for that by watching all the Premier League games and pretending that I'm not a Sheffield United supporter. <laughs>
0: So who do you like in the Premier League then?
1: Well, I've I've got a real soft spot for for Arsenal. Yeah. Um they play a very attractive um game. They play lots of uh, attacking football yeah. and they've not spent millions and millions on players. They've they've brought through a lot of young players and they're just starting um after a couple of difficult years they're just starting to to see these players flourish. OK. So, yes, I've got, I've got a soft spot for them and they're currently doing very well in the Premier League.
0: Yes. We're going to talk about the key teams in the Premiership in a moment. Um, um, all right. So, so it's, it's hard being a Sheffield United supporter because they're crap. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's basically it, yeah. Okay. Let, um, just tell me for a second about the pre- the, the structure of English league football, because obviously everybody knows about the Premiership, but how many other leagues are there and, and what are they called? Well, you have the, the Championship,
1: which is the league below the Premier League, and then you go to League One, which is where Sheffield United are struggling, and then you go to League Two, Mm. And then you go to the various sort of non-league um, teams which are desperately trying to get into into the, the League 1, League 2, Championship because
0: that's where the money is, basically. Right. So it goes Premiership, Championship, League 1. So I don't know why they call it League 1. It's clearly League 3, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's changed names. It
1: used to be called Division 1, Division 2, Division 3, And then somebody's come along and thought, right, let's just change everything and make it more complicated.
0: I think they decided to call Division 1 the Premiership to give it more prestige, to give it more glamour, right? And then um, then they decided that Div- uh, League 1 was too dull and boring, so they called it the Championship. Um, and now we have the Premiership, the Championship, and then just League 1 and League 2. How long will it be, do you think, before they rename League 1 and call it the... Awesome, sh- awesome ship or whatever. What, what are they going to call League One in a few years? Do you think?
1: Uh, well, if they get an American in, it could be called something like that—the Super Awesome Nearly Premier League League. <laughs> um, but I think England's the only league that uh, it, that does this. I mean, the the French they have League 1, League One. Um, the Spanish they have the um, Premier Liga um the italians they have siri a and then it goes a b c um i think we're the only ones that confuse matters by having premier
0: and then one and then two. i think it's business isn't it basically it's because the the premier league has has gone into marketing overdrive um and it's big big business and in a, in every aspect of it, the, the the people are you know making money. So they've rebranded the league into the Premiership to to give it a more amazing sort of uh, prestige, as it were. Um, and I think um, probably the Premiership is the biggest uh, league, or the sort of the most successful or most uh, watched league in the world um and there's a lot of money in it basically a lot of business going on Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment all right so um let's just talk about being a supporter for a moment now when you meet someone and you end up talking about football you always end up talking about which team you support so it's always like oh which team do you support um all right which team do you support now um, there are, I feel there are certain unwritten social rules around this bit of social interaction, right? Now, um, if you like present yourself as being a football fan, you have to, you know, very quickly say which team you support, and you've got to back it up with some knowledge about what that team is doing at the moment. You can't just say, "Oh yeah, I support Manchester United," and then when you say, "Okay, uh, oh, who's your favourite player?" and then go uh oh uh um um uh, 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 uh john uh john john smith uh, um you know that is going to make you look like a loser also at the same time i think if you present yourself as a football fan you've got to have a team right mm.
1: yeah that yeah it would help and uh and people um yeah they they do get a bit of a twirl about this sometimes. For example, if you're in London and you meet someone and they say that they support Manchester United, they'll and they don't have an accent that's from Manchester, they'll then have to justify why they support Manchester United. They'll say, Well, um, I've supported it from a young age, and and my
0: my father grew up in Manchester and, and that's why I've supported it. Yeah, okay. There there is this sense that if you just support a team because they're successful, that's breaking the rules, all right? Also, if you say that you love football, but you don't have a team, that's breaking the rules as well. And if you uh, say that you love football, but you support a team which is based in a completely different place to where you live or where you brought up, that's kind of breaking the rules too. You need to have a really good reason, a really good connection to that club. And I remember when I was a kid at school, you would ask other kids, oh, which team do you support? And they would just say, oh, I support Liverpool. And you think, why do you support Liverpool? You're, 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 you're nine years old and you're from London. You've clearly never been to Liverpool. No one in your family is from Liverpool. You only support Liverpool because they're successful. And then they come out with some lame excuse. Oh, yeah, well, my dad, my granddad supported Liverpool. Um, You know, just some rubbish excuse to justify that they support the winning team of the moment. You can tell that I grew up in the 80s because uh, Liverpool were one of the most successful teams of the time. So just tell us again why you, you support Sheffield United. Now, you're, okay. you've got, you found a loophole in this law because you can get around this these laws in this way. If someone asks you which team you support and you give the name of a really bad team, mm. then that's you're winning points because yeah. that shows that you're extra loyal to this team. Yeah. So if, if it's a team that's not near to where you live um, but they're really crap, then well done, you've, you've, you've already won some respect points. Especially if you can explain... What's going on with that team at the moment? Like their position in the league, or or if you've got an opinion on the way the manager is dealing with the club, then you get mega respect points for that. So how do you how do you explain? So basically, James, you've got some respect points for living in the south of England and yet supporting a club from Sheffield because they're not doing very well. Um, what's again? What's your reason for supporting Sheffield United again? Um, the reason is because where i live in the south
1: of england if you if you don't live in london and you live in the south of england uh there aren't really that many other teams uh so there was no team within a sort of hour radius of where i lived yeah so when you're at a young age and you're sort of like oh which which team am i going to support and then your your uncles and your your grandparents go oh well you can you can support our team Sheffield United, but but I don't live, I don't live there. Doesn't matter, it's in your blood. <laughs> so once you start when you're young, you you sort of think, well, you know, I've started now, and I don't want to be one of these people who who changes. You know, I lived in London for a few years. I I, I could have changed, yeah. but but then it would have been difficult when I went back to Yorkshire. I'd have had to pretend or something. Mm. Um, so. So yeah, I, I stuck with I've stuck with the Sheffield United, and it's it's not easy. But people, when they meet you, you're right. They don't sort of say, um, "Oh, you're a glory hunter," which is a, a phrase we used to say at school a lot for for somebody who supported the the best team. You're hunting glory. Yeah. You just like that team because they're winning. Um, they they'd always say, "Oh, oh, that's oh, that's good." Yeah, 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 yeah. nice one.
0: Yeah, or poor you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Um, I unfortunately um, I kind of break a lot of a lot of the rules. I, I'll come to me in a moment. The other thing about supporting a team is that many people believe that you should support the team that you live near to, or that you you grew up next to. So your local team should be the one that you support. Now, um, if you move around a lot as a kid that can cause you some problems because it means that, you know, it's difficult to stay loyal to your local team because you keep moving. So I break a lot of the rules around supporting a team because my excuse is that I moved a lot when I was a kid. Well, a couple of times when I was a kid. Um, so do you want to – let's have the football conversation, yeah. all right? okay. And, and we'll just see what happens, and we'll see how I manage to try and dig my way out of, uh, of the whole – of not having a football team. Okay, go on. Let's let's, let's go. Um, so, did you see the match at the week? Did you see the match last night?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who 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 are
0: you for? I oh, mean, who do I support? Yeah. Um, well, I don't really have a team. I love football, but I don't really have one team. I kind of in the Premiership. I quite like Arsenal, like you, and I like Liverpool, but I don't really have a team. I used to support Nottingham Forest. Right. Shall I explain?
1: Sure. Um,
0: All right. See, this is an example of what you shouldn't do, <laughs> right? What you need to do is have a team and just stick, stick with it. But uh, this, this is an example. Now, when you tell people that you don't have a team, they immediately think he knows nothing about football. He's a rank amateur and he's a waste of space. Unless you can impress them with some sort of tactical, yeah.
1: you know, knowledge. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right, no pressure then. Okay, so I, I, I grew up in London, and uh, the first time I went to a football game was to see uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Sorry to all the Arsenal fans listening to this, but I, my first team was Tottenham. And that's because I went to a Tottenham game when I was about seven years old. We went to the, to the White Hart Lane, and we saw them play against um, Watford, and uh, it was memorable. Because Tottenham won five goals to two, five two, seven goals in that game. And I remember the place going crazy seven times at least. Well, five of those goals were really big, you know. Um, and it was just wow, like this is really exciting. And I think my dad bought me like a little flag, a little Tottenham flag, which I had in my bedroom. So boom, there I was, I was a Tottenham fan. And then when I was nine, we moved. We moved uh, out of London and we moved um, all the way up to the Midlands. And at that point, it was kind of like, right, new start, new beginning. And um, had to... had to. My dad had this... It's my dad's fault. He said, you've got to choose a local team because those are the rules. And I couldn't decide because, in my opinion, all the local teams of Birmingham were rubbish. <laughs> I didn't like... Any of the the, the clothes, the, the, the strips they wore. Aston Villa were used to wear, like, um, what, claret and blue, which didn't appeal to me. Coventry City, I just didn't like Coventry because I associated them with lots of kids at my new school who I didn't like. So, uh, no, I don't want to support Coventry. Um, and I ended up going for Nottingham Forest because um, I remember we were watching of um, an FA Cup qualifying game it was a something like not a qualifying game it was a quarter final of the FA Cup and it was Nottingham Forest playing and they were playing really well and my dad said to me if Nottingham Forest get to the final then I'm going to get us tickets um, and for that moment I was immediately invested in in the future of Nottingham Forest and also it's because of the way they played football at the time this was back in 1989 1988 at the time brian clough was the manager of of nottingham forest and he was a personality he was a real personality he was with the club for 25 years or something and um he, he was a very strong minded characterful guy and he made them play a kind of very graceful style of football where the ball was kept on the ground they didn't shoot you know they didn't kick the ball high into the air. They didn't play the long ball game; they played a more European style of football, where the ball was played along the ground, lots of intricate passing, and very close teamwork. And um, I liked that kind of football, and so that really endeared them to me. Also, they had a player called um, Stuart Pierce, mm. whose nickname was Psycho. Yeah, <laughs> Psycho. He was a defender, and it was qu- it's quite. Um rare to be a fan of a defender. Normally, you like the, 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 the attackers. But Stuart Pearce was brilliant because he was just crazy. And he used to tackle really hard. He was like Chuck Norris on a football pitch. Um, and so Nottingham Forest were great. And the next year, they did get to the FA Cup final. And we did get tickets. And we went to Wembley. And we saw Nottingham Forest playing against... Um, it was 1991, actually. It was Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. Paul Gascoigne was on the pitch, and it was just brilliant. We, you know, There we were, me and Dad at Wembley, um, and it was amazing. So that's why I was a Nottingham Forest fan. Then, when I got to about 16 years of age, I'd basically discovered music and girls. <laughs> and <laughs> football just... I forgot about football. Yeah. And uh, I was much more interested in playing the drums and you know that kind of thing and so I just lost interest but I was always interested in international football and so now I'm lost without a football club
1: mm. well, it's, yeah. it's interesting because for, for some supporters as you said you know you have to have one there's like strict rules isn't there you, you have to have one club that you've supported since a young age you, and you can never change um which seems a bit strange because you know we we change our tastes in music we change yeah. our tastes in a lot of things as we as we move around and get older but for for some sort of die hard football enthusiasts uh you have to always have the same team but for me I'm I suppose I'm not as kind of die hard as these people who will travel 200 miles to watch a game in the pouring rain yeah. on their weekends, yeah. you know, whereas I would stay um, at home or watch it in the pub, yeah. um, you know, we're you know it, that's fine for me that you've you've uh, you've changed teams a bit and you know. You, Stay interested in football and, and the big yeah. events and things. Yeah. You've got these different levels of of supporters, I suppose, yeah. um, right down to people who who just watch the, the the big games in the World Cup because everyone's
0: talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fine as well. E- everyone can can get into football um, in different ways. Um, let's let's have a look at uh, the Premiership. All right, now let's go through. The the, the main teams in the Premiership, and so we can explain the basics. Like, what do people need to know about these teams? Now, do you know who's top of the league right now? I've actually got the I've got the league table here on the computer. So, top of the league. Uh, Let I tell you what. Let's go through. Let's say the the top. Some of the top teams. We'll explain um, where they're from. We'll explain the the colour of their strip. And we'll explain any other necessary details like their rivals or about personalities in the club and what's going on with them in the Premiership right now. So at the top we have, of course, Arsenal. Yes, a bit
1: of a surprise this season. Nobody was expecting them to be top at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal are from London, from the north of London.
0: Yeah.
1: And their nickname is the Gunners.
0: Okay. The Gunners, and they're called the Gunners because they come from an area of London where traditionally weapons were, were made, I, I believe, um, and they have a logo of a, a big gun on their yep cannons on their on their club badge. Okay, the Gunners. Now Arsenal, the Gunners from from North London, their strip is basically red uh, with white shorts and white sleeves. Um, and um, who are their who are their rivals? Their main rival is Tottenham,
1: Tottenham Hotspur, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Because they're also from North London. And the biggest rivalry usually comes from the club that is closest to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's currently, yeah, that's well, that's Tottenham. Yeah. But they're also rivals with other London
0: teams. Yes. um, Which are... Like Chelsea. Yeah. What are the main London teams? We've got in the West, we have Chelsea... We've got uh, Fulham. Yes, we've got West Ham in the east. Yeah, they're called West Ham. <laughs> uh, Q- QPR. Yep. Uh, Queens Park Rangers. In the south. Yep. Yeah. Crystal Palace. Yes. Uh, we have Millwall. Fulham. Did we mention? Yeah, Fulham. Yeah. Um, so if we go from west to east, probably the the we have QPR and Fulham. Um, we have um, Chelsea. In the west, down south, as you said, Crystal Palace. In the east of London, you have West Ham. And then in the north, you've got Arsenal and Tottenham. There are other teams, like, for example, um, um, Millwall. Yeah, Charlton Athletic. uh Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and, And some others. Brentford, don't they have a club? Yes, they were well, a little outside London, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Arsenal and, and Tottenham Hotspur. Now, the story with Arsenal basically is that, um, as you said earlier on, they're quite notable for not just throwing lots and lots of money around. I mean, obviously they throw some money around, but um, unlike Chelsea, Manchester City, for example, Arsenal have developed a lot of young players from a kind of grassroots level so that's an interesting story that they haven't just bought great players mm, but they've developed their players
1: they're one of the only teams in the premier league who make a profit from from their from their business dealings all the other teams uh, are in incredible debt but arsenal have made this quite big profit yeah and this season though they did actually break the trend and they bought a player for something like £48 million. um, Who's that? Which is Mesut Ozil, who's a German international attacking midfielder.
0: Yeah.
1: And they did that because they haven't won anything for a few years and their supporters were getting slightly restless. They were seeing Manchester City, Chelsea, splashing the cash, so to speak. Yeah. And they thought, well, if we do that, then... We could win something as well. We've got this money. Why aren't we using it? And they've finally used some, and it is working so far. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Ozil is is a really good uh, purchase, is he?
1: Yeah. Very good. Yes. Okay.
0: Is he making all the difference in the middle midfield?
1: Not all the difference, but he's 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 brought that sort of touch of of world class and just brings up the level for the for the other players. The other players see him coming in and think we can be like him. We wanna try and reach his level. Yeah. And everyone in the club is sort of up their level, so to speak. Young players. Yeah. And a lot of players that we thought were average have really stepped up this season. Okay. There's someone. There's a Welsh guy called Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. Who's been one of the players of the season so far. Okay. And he was he was ridiculed at times last year for for being out of his depth. Yes. And he's
0: really you know proved everyone wrong this year. Okay. So well done Arsenal. All right. But they're only one point ahead of the next uh, the next team, which is Manchester City. So um, right Manchester. In the north of England, there are two massive clubs that uh, come from Manchester, and they're big rivals. But um, in number two, in, in second place in the Premiership today, Manchester City.
1: Yes, well, this is the the, the club we, we mentioned earlier. The, the, the Oasis lads support them, yeah. and relatively new to the to the the top of the table, um, they they were bought. Um, a few years back, mm. by a rich, uh, rich Arab businessman, I think, and yeah. uh, pumped millions, millions into the club, and it's paid off. Basically, they've they've got an incredible squad
0: to yeah. pick from. They've basically just, I mean, for me, it feels a bit cynical because they've just basically injected money into the operation, and they just bought, as you say loads of world-class players. Every match, they have amazing players just sitting on the bench. Um, they've got such a deep squad that they can't really fail, you know? It feels like they can't fail. But Is that true? Well, the difficulty with um, spending all this
1: money is that you want instant success. And so a number of managers have come and gone because the owner has given all this money and being like well why aren't we winning every single game we've lost a couple you're fired yeah. and players who've not performed well in just a couple of games have been put in the reserves and then they've left and so it's very changeable there's, there's not
0: much consistency mm. going on there. What do you think it's like to be a player at Manchester City? Would you choose Manchester City to, to play for if you could?
1: Well, they're they're often accused of, of having a lot of mercenaries. What do you mean by that? Well, mercen mercenaries are word um it's I think it literally means somebody who um who'll fight for any army if they're paid. Okay. So it comes from I think the war, um somebody who's just there for the money, doesn't okay. care about um the cause. the cause, yeah. And so they've had a lot of players that go there because they're just paid incredible Wages mm. every every month okay um so from that point of view it's 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 very good there's a lot of players who have barely played this
0: season that are paid more than in any of the other clubs so you could, for example, play for Manchester City, you could sit on your ass <laughs> all the time and still get paid hundred thousand pounds a week. I mean some of these players are genuinely being paid one hundred thousand pounds per week that's not an exaggeration that's unbelievable what could you do with that much money yeah i know <laughs> it's, in, it's incredible um they of course they they spend the money on extremely expensive cars and big houses they've got more money than they can you know than they know what to do with um is this a healthy thing should we have this kind of thing going on in society oh yes it is a big question um well one thing I
1: would say about Manchester City players is that you know they 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 are under a lot of pressure because when you're paid that amount of money mm. you have to you have to do well and the minute you're not supporters start saying hey you know I'm only paid a couple of hundred pounds a week and and I'm at the match and you're paid hundreds of thousands and you're not trying hard enough and they'll soon sing horrible songs about them and write horrible messages on social media and and suddenly life isn't as good you know all the money in the world can't sort of buy you that kind of
0: happiness can it yeah um Uh, to me it sounds like uh uh, you know playing for a more modest club would be more satisfying because you get more matches you get a sense that the team really wanted to win uh, for me that would that would be more preferable um okay but manchester city they play in a light blue like a sky blue colour sky blue with white shorts and um you know 10 years ago they were sort of nowhere am i right when when were they bought when were they purchased when did the money arrive at manchester city 10 to 15 years ago basically they weren't a notable team but then the money came in suddenly everything changed. And it's only in the last few years that really this has start started to pay off. They won a trophy, didn't they, a couple of years ago? Did they win the league? Yeah, they won the league a couple
1: of years ago. Okay. And then the year after, they didn't win the league and the manager left. The manager was fired. So that's how how difficult life
0: is there. If yeah. you don't win you're out basically okay now compare that to their neighbors uh, manchester united who are probably the most famous team in the world i mean manchester united are an incredible success success story in modern football they're amazing i mean i can't help having some sort of sense of awe when it comes to manchester united i just think they're amazing um so all right what do we need to know about manchester united then well, Manchester United this
1: season have just got an, a new manager because their their old manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, retired after something like 25 years in charge, which yeah. is um, a record. And he was just the ultimate manager. He'd won everything. Everyone respected him. And they've just changed. So they're in a very difficult transitional phase this year. They've brought in a guy called David Moyes and he's had a really difficult time because it's, try, trying to fill Sir Alex Ferguson's shoes is not easy. Oh God, yeah. And he bought a couple of players who've not really performed for him and Manchester United are actually down in seventh at the moment, uh, which is terrible for them because they're, they're a team that's used to being
0: first or second. They won the league last year yeah, and so nothing
1: is, else will do. Really, is it kind of
0: a crisis point at Manchester United then at the moment? Are, um, I mean, um, is this a big scandal for them that they are not in the top five? Well, it's not quite a crisis yet
1: because everyone knows that they've got some good players that can still bring them back into the into the top four, which is where everyone wants to be in the top four at the end of the season. Because that guarantees you Champions League football, and that's where the money and the respect is. When
0: you play in Europe's elite, okay. Um, a lot of um, a lot of it in each each season. Uh, teams are, are trying to get trophies. It's all about trophies, isn't it? Silverware, putting silverware in your in your trophy cabinet. Okay, and the some of the main trophies that you can get. Um, let's put them in order of importance. Is the Premiership the, the most important, or is the the Champions League more important than that? Well, that's a very difficult one to answer, really,
1: because normally the league would be the most important. That
0: should be your your bread and butter, okay? So to speak, the league is the the Premier League is the premiership it's the same thing premiership premier league the league all the same thing i don't know why we call it the premiership i mean what it's not a ship is it it's it's a bunch of football teams they're not like sailing the seven seas it's football but no, we call it the Premiership, okay. And then we've got the Champions League as well. That's the the, the big uh, competition between all the best teams in Europe. Um, all right. So you're saying what uh, the the league is the 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 what did you? It's your bread and butter. It's the it's the one that the 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 national teams the, yeah. the teams in England are, are really aiming for the Premier League. You should, I mean, you should start with that, and then if you're good enough to win that, then you
1: could think about winning the Champions League. But but these days, we we've seen a lot of teams win the Champions League who haven't won their league. Um, so it's difficult, really. I mean, a, a lot of supporters, um, uh, for example um Manchester City supporters mm. they they won the the league 2 years ago they'd like nothing better than to win the Champions League because that would really put them in center stage in the spotlight in the whole of Europe say look yeah. we're the
0: best okay all right so um there's also the FA Cup FA Cup which is the Football Association Cup and that's for me that's like a old fashioned glory, you know, it's like the, the trophy of of like the old-fashioned uh, English Football League, isn't it? You know, like uh, it used to be the most important trophy that you could win. Um, is it still as important as it used to be?
1: It's still important, but it's, defi- it's definitely secondary to the league and the Champions League yeah. um, in terms of money and also sort of international um acclaim. Okay. but uh, it it still holds a very important uh significance. significance yes in in english people's hearts i mean any any team even non league teams can qualify for the fa cup and every year you'll see a couple of very small teams that will go far sort of beyond expectations mm. and they'll beat big teams And everybody will be rooting for them. There'll be some small town somewhere that will get to... The fourth round or something, and everyone will think, "Can they do it? Can they can they
0: beat Manchester United?"
1: And no, they can't. And no, they can't. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> um, but they, people do talk about the magic of the FA Cup, right? That
1: is it. That's what it's, it it's
0: magical because the thing about the FA Cup is that every single team across all of the leagues in English football they can all compete. So that means you end up with these tiny little teams playing against some of the biggest teams in the country. So you get, as we as we said, you know, stanley versus manchester united and who knows that Akring, Ak- i can't even say the name of the team <laughs> um who knows maybe accrington stanley could beat manchester united it's possible and so it gives that sort of extra special magic to to the to the that particular trophy doesn't well, it, it? Is because these teams these little Little
1: clubs they couldn't compete over a whole season in the Premier League, but if you give them one match 90 minutes, it's just 11 players against another 11 players, and it's true that anything can happen, and we've seen
0: it before, and that's why we say the magic. Of the FA Cup, I love this when uh, like football supporters or football commentators say anything can happen, but hold on no it can 't what what 's going to happen? Uh, aliens are going to land in the middle of the football pitch, and then like Doctor Who is going to step out, and you know like Mickey Mouse is going to like uh, 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 like open uh, a new uh, chain store. During the game. No. Not anything can happen. Anything can happen in this game. But what's probably going to happen. Is that a bunch of guys are going to kick a ball around. And then after 90 minutes. It'll stop. But (laughs) anything can happen. Anything can happen. But probably one of the two teams will win. Or else they'll
1: draw. <laughs> or there's
0: not many possibilities, are there? They'll run around. They'll get tired. They'll and Some people will fall over. The referee will blow his whistle. Uh, there might be a goal if we're lucky. But there's a good chance that no one will score and at the end of the game we'll all go home and the we will never remember any of the details of this game ever again it's not like it's not like when people are on their deathbed then you know when their their life is flashing before their eyes you don't remember like the sort of 60, 60th minute of that game between Accrington-Stanley and Manchester United on, you know, some, uh, like, November morning. Yeah. Um, is it a morning? You know, it probably be a November afternoon. You know what I mean? So yeah. anything can happen, but normally it's it's just very, very similar to what has happened in almost every other football game that's happened before it. But I'll tell you what, every t- every time that I... I do
1: say to someone who isn't a big football fan or hates football, I'm like, look, we've got to see this game. This is where I, I think there's going to be really a big moment happening it's going to be the real magic it could be the fa cup could be something you've got to watch
0: this game this is it i'm going to introduce you to this to the fantastic beautiful game you've got to watch this friendly match between england and sweden <laughs> i think this is the one where the magic's going to happen your <laughs> football is going to reveal itself in all its beautiful glory to you in this crucial friendly game <laughs> between uh uh you know Teams which are actually, you know, probably quite good friends with each other, the English and the Swedes. Um, it's, don't you find England versus Sweden is always a very dull game, especially when it's a friendly match?
1: Oh, there's a, there's a great game recently, actually. Yeah? I think Sweden beat England something like, I think it was either 4-0 or 4-1. Really? Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored all four goals. Oh, right. Including like a
0: ridiculous bicycle kick. Oh, they've got Zlatan, haven't they now? Yeah. He's a bit of a dramatic guy. Yeah. He plays in Paris. He does, and he's he talks about himself in the third person. So if I um, if you're Zlatan and I'd say, Hi Zlatan, how are you today? Zlatan has had a good day.
1: He <laughs> made love to his wife and then had a fantastic breakfast.
0: And then made love to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and and then had another fantastic breakfast. For some reason I'm becoming Sean Connery. <laughs> um Alright. So Okay, okay. Yeah, well, what I we was saying before, though, is that every
1: time you hype up these these kind of games and you bring someone along, it's always a disappointment. Yeah. Nothing really happens. It's like a nil-nil, and and then
0: that person is turned off football for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You're, you're talking about your wife, basically, aren't you? Well, among other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I have similar experiences. My mm, My girlfriend... She's actually quite cool about watching games of football. She's never been bored. Ball- I think it's because I'm not really sort of, you know, militantly all about watching football games every Saturday. So she kind of, she's okay if England are playing a game. She's like, yeah, let's watch it. But to be honest, usually after about 20 minutes, she's texting. Um, all right. So we've we talked about Arsenal. We've talked about Man City. We've talked about Man United. Um Uh, Let's go back to London, and third in the league at the moment, we have Chelsea. What's the story with Chelsea? I I can think of like three things regarding Chelsea that that you should basically know about this club. Well,
1: Chelsea, they had recently a very successful manager, Jose Mourinho, who won the league with them a couple of times, won the FA Cup, and then he left to become Real Madrid manager. Mm. And he's just come back this year... Right. And he's loved by all the Chelsea fans and they're in third position at the moment and they, they could well
0: go on and win the league. Um yeah. so he's doing well. They're only two points off the, the top position. Arsenal are there with forty eight points, Man City with forty seven, and Chelsea with forty six. Uh, the goal goal difference, um Man City have got very good goal difference, it seems. Does that, make it, does that help them? It might do at the end of the season if, yeah. if teams finish on level points. But
1: Man- Manchester City at home, um, at the Emirates, at their stadium... Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Manchester City at the Emirates. Oh, ooh, oh. Ars- that's that's the Ars- I was looking
1: at Arsenal. Yeah. At the Etihad. Uh, they tend to beat teams 5-6-0... No matter how good the other team is, yeah, they thrash them. Yes, and their away form when they when they play against other teams is not so good. Yeah, but at home they're just outstanding. Yeah, that's why they've got
0: such a. They've scored fifty nine goals, wow. which is the highest. Okay, so but going back to Chelsea, as you say, Jose Mourinho from Portugal is there. He's returned. The beautiful one has returned. The special one. The special one. Don't they, <laughs> they call him the... No, it's the special one. All right. Why you call him the beautiful I, one. Yeah. Well, you know, ladies, maybe you'll agree with me. He's a he's fairly handsome. He's a charismatic guy, right? Yeah. Has a nice coat. He, yeah. He's always well-dressed. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, Jose Mourinho has returned and everyone's loving it. All right. Uh, Chelsea are in West London um, and they wear blue. Um, and they are owned by Roman Abramovich, uh, the Russian billionaire. Yes, and he has has pumped
1: in millions and millions into the club as well. And the only slight issue with Jose Mourinho is that Abramovich, the owner, likes attacking footballer footballers. So he's bought all these attacking midfielders, and Jose Mourinho is quite pragmatic. He likes a good defensive display, so there are times when you can see the owners a bit frustrated mm. um, that his team are just winning one nil. He wants them to be a bit more Barcelona esque, yeah. so winning three, four nil, flashy
0: attacking football. Yeah, man. he basically wants. I I spend money, you give me goals. <laughs> basically, that, that uh, yeah. that's of an attempt at a Russian accent, thing. and he and he has a. <laughs>
1: He he has a habit of uh, of buying strikers that have fabulous reputations that come to Chelsea and are just completely disappointing. <laughs>
0: Really? So he's like, this this one is going to be the big one. Yes. I'm spending. I'm I'm prepared to spend a lot of money on this one. This is going to change. This guy's going to change everything. And they arrive and they don't do it. Yeah, he
1: will scold me lots of goals.
0: (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, there's Andrey Shevchenko. That didn't really work
1: out. Um, the latest one, Fernando Torres. Oh
0: yeah. Um, oh, he was a huge disappointment for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean he's. Oh, he's it's a pity. It's a pity because he 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 could have been huge star at that club. He he was great at Liverpool. Yeah. But then he went to Chelsea and he just didn't score. Game after game after game, he didn't score. And he's it, yeah, he's happened? still not
1: really scoring. He's he's doing all right now, but he's not doing. You know, they, they paid fifty million for him. And if you pay that amount you expect great things.
0: Goals. Yeah, at least. We want goals. <laughs> um, okay. Um so that's Chelsea. Um now team number four in the Premiership today, we have Liverpool. Yes. Liverpool who
1: uh were around when you were growing up. They were ruling the waves. Yeah,
0: when I was um when I was a kid in the nineteen eighties Liverpool won the FA Cup twice in the middle of the decade eighty six and eighty eighty five and eighty six I believe. Wow, I think that's right. Eighty seven was was Coventry City. Wow. No, yes, eighty seven was Coventry. Eighty eight, I think it was like Blackburn or something. Eighty, oh, I don't remember. But <laughs> Liverpool, yeah, they were great in the eighties, and they had. These great stars, like Kenny Dalglish, Graham Souness, Ian Rush. Yeah, John Barnes. John, John Barnes. Um, they had, uh, the goalkeeper was called uh, uh, Grobelaar. Bruce Grobelaar. Bruce Grobelaar. Um, so those were the glory days of Liverpool. Um, but um, what's going on with Liverpool at the moment? Well,
1: they're on the up. They changed manager a couple of years ago. Who have they got now? They've got Brendan Rodgers. Where's he from? He's English. Yeah. And he's doing quite a good job. He's trying to play attacking football. And he's got one of the best players in the world up front. Who's that? uh, Luis Suarez. Oh, yeah. He's from Uruguay. Yeah. And he is the top scorer currently in the Premier League. Mm. And is just almost unplayable. He's scoring two or three every game.
0: What is it about Suarez that makes him so good? Is he big? Is he is he big in the air? Is he fast? Is, what is it?
1: He's got a little bit of everything. He's he's not particularly big, but he's strong, and he's fast. He's athletic. Um, he keeps touch. running. Yeah, he's got a good touch, and he just makes fantastic runs. Like the the defenders don't really know how to track him. Because he's this way, he's that way. and little drop of the shoulder. Yeah. And yes. he's got a cracking finish. Okay. He's,
0: uh, he's got a cracking finish. That means yeah. he's very good at, at, at kicking the ball. He's, be- he's very good at, at shooting at the goal at the end of his run. Yes. Finishing as in scoring a goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, Liverpool. I, for some reason, I... I've, I, I uh, I'm, a, I'm quite attached to Liverpool I think maybe it's just because I went to university there and I just it just reminds me of the time that I, I lived in Liverpool I'd like to go back mm. um, now Liverpool um, in the Liverpool area you've got the two big clubs you've got Liverpool and then their their nearest rivals Everton um, Liverpool play in red Everton play in blue Liverpool are known as the Reds and Everton are, are originally the no, the toffees. Yes, that's it. Because um, a toffee is a kind of sugar-based snack. Um, <laughs> in Everton, at that um, years ago, when you know it was an industrial place, they used to make toffees, and so that's why Everton, the team, are called the toffees. Um, we've got other other uh, nicknames for the clubs. Arsenal are the the Gunners, as we've said. Man City are just the the Blues or Sky Blues.
1: Yeah, citizens.
0: Yeah, Chelsea are the Blues. Yeah, a bit boring, isn't it? Liverpool are the (laughs) Reds. Everton are the Toffees. Um, Manchester United, the Red Devils. Um, That's a bit more like it, isn't it? Yeah. Everton, then. What about them?
1: Well, Everton are a team that don't really have much money, but they're still doing really well. They get the best out of a lot of players, and they manage to buy players for quite cheap. And sell them for a profit. Mm. And, well, they'll be
0: very happy, I think, at the end of the season if they finish in fifth. Yeah. Um, as I said, Everton are the big rivals of Liverpool. Um, Arsenal are the big rivals of Tottenham. Um, Manchester City are the big rivals of Manchester United. But there's also a massive rivalry between Liverpool and Manchester United. Because they're neighbours too. They're only half an hour away from each other by car um so there it's always like uh, I think probably one of the the best games that you can go and see in a premiership season is to go and see Liverpool versus Manchester United in either of the venues either at Anfield for Liverpool or at um what's the Manchester United ground called Old Trafford, Old Trafford. yeah i'm sure that would be an amazing atmosphere have you been to many premi- have you been to any premiership games
1: yes i've been to quite a few stadiums I've been to White Hart Lane, like you have. I've been to Old Trafford. Um, I've not been to the Emirates. I went to Arsenal's old s- stadium. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Um, I've been to
0: Southampton Stadium. Yeah. Have you ever seen any any violence at a football game? Because... Um, you know, there is this um, other stereotype about English football that there is a sort of bit of a culture of violence around it too. Maybe less these days, but football hooligans, stuff like that. When I lived in Japan, right, um, it was 2002, and that was when the World Cup happened in Japan. And around that time, loads of Japanese people were really scared about hooligans. Except they didn't call them hooligans. They called them furigan. <laughs> Fu- furigan. <laughs> hooligan is a hooligan so they were all really scared about hooligans because of you know stuff they'd seen in the media um you know do we still have football hooliganism is there still violence at football games have you ever seen any i've not seen any at
1: a club level um it, it does happen but i think they've definitely cut a lot of it out in recent years but i have seen some uh, International level. Really, um, I went to I went to the World Cup in Germany in in 2006, and when you're with other England fans um, who start behaving badly, you can't really escape it. You, there's no real way out if you're in a in a in a bar having a drink, and then suddenly a few people start doing it. You you just you don't join in, but there's no real way out. You so you just you can't just leave the bar. It's not it's not as easy as that in uh well, in 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 these in these places. I mean, they've got good beer. <laughs> You're
0: like, "I don't want to leave. I haven't <laughs> finished my beer." <laughs> <laughs> All right. But there's there's often hundreds
1: of people watching what these England fans are doing because they're sang, they're singing and shouting yeah. and there's police around. And they, they often just make sure that you're in this place. Yeah. And they, they start, you know, singing some pretty horrible things. Yeah. You know, we we're in Germany. So, obviously, stuff about the war. Yeah. Um, this kind of thing.
0: They shout, actually, the England fans and the German fans. Well, the English, you know, love to sing songs about the Germans. Um, and what is it they sing? They always sing, two world wars and one World Cup do duda do <laughs> two World Wars and one World Cup, which is obviously a ridiculous and stupid thing to sing, but the idea being that they won two World Wars and they won one World Cup because England beat Germany in 1966. Um, yeah, I once saw uh, a group of
1: people singing that to a pensioner on a bus <laughs> in, in, in Germany during the World Cup. It's absolutely pathetic. She was just gripping her shopping
0: bags... And hoping that they would get off soon. So you're saying that you saw a bunch of uh, really tough English football fans shouting two World Wars and one World Cup at an old German lady on a bus. Yes. God, those English football fans really give us reason to be proud, don't they? I've seen uh, I've seen plenty of um sarcasm. Just in case anyone <laughs> We go,
1: go back to violence that you mentioned. I I've, I've I've seen a few scuffles between uh, little fights between
0: sets of fans. It's 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 all very very silly. Yeah. I I saw uh, some football violence once when I was in Liverpool. Um there's a bit of a story which i probably shouldn't go into now because we don't have time but basically i went I, I went to university in liverpool my first year i lived in a big building big residential building in um everton in a really rough part of town a like, really super rough area and um two weeks after moving in my parents came to visit me just to see if everything was all right and uh i was living on the 11th floor of this building um and um The area was really bad. I mean, like, I was scared to go out. Uh, There were, like, uh, uh, lots of buildings with the windows boarded up, lots of heroin addicts everywhere. It was, like, you know, frightening. And uh, my parents came, like, just to check up on you to see if everything's all right. And we, uh, on the 11th floor, we had a balcony. So we had a view. It was the best thing about the building. We had this great view. So I, and I thought, I'll take the, my parents onto the balcony. And we'll just look at the view. It'll be fine. Um, and so we, we went out on the balcony looking at the view. Of course, it was Saturday afternoon. What did we see? What did we have a bird's eye view of? A massive fight between some Everton fans and Sunderland fans. <laughs> they were smashing each other over the head with sticks and throwing bricks at each other. <laughs> genuinely a massive crowd of everton and sunderland fans ran into the main road right underneath us and we had like perfect view uh grandstand view of just lots of sickening violence happening right there my parents were watching this and i could see my mum's face just went white she was like oh my god is this is this the environment that luke's (laughs) living in now (laughs) I tried to play it cool. I was like, oh, yeah, never never mind that. Yeah, they're just killing each other. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's always normal. It happens every day. It not every day. Um, just, um, yeah. would you like a cup of tea? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right if you just lock the door. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. You know, I just, I don't tell them about, I'm, I'm a, a Nottingham Forest fan and they won't, you know, harm me. It'll be fine.
1: There's a lot of things like that that happen, though, and it's not exactly linked to football there's there's people that who who claim that they're they're fans of Sunderland or fans of Everton just as a sort of excuse to to fight another group and and they won't actually even go to the game or be particularly interested it's a bit of an excuse and and the media will 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 try and sort of portray it as as it being football violence but uh Mm um i think in reality it's it's a bit overhyped
0: it it does exist but it's it's a it's a minority it's just a bit of tribalism and maybe people just looking for an excuse to 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 smash things yeah i think on mm-hmm. that on that sort of bombshell i think it may be time to draw this episode to a close yeah, but we really need to go and smash some things now yeah me too do you want to go and smash up uh a few shop windows Definitely. We Have you got any chairs that we could just throw? Yeah, let's do that. We could say that we're England fans and then... Well, we are. We are. We are England fans. All right. Well, there's nothing stopping us then, is there? Yeah. Let's go and smash up Paris and it'll be fine. I'm sure they'll, they'll understand. Yeah. Well, second thoughts. There hasn't been an England game today. No. Perhaps not i've not drunk enough either so okay well let's finish this bottle of wine and then then we can think about it um ladies and gentlemen we haven't finished there's there's plenty more to talk about um um, so there will be some more episodes on football in the future not don't worry not too many um but just enough so that i feel that we've properly dealt with this subject um this is going to be a year of football because the world cup is coming up Um, so do, do, you know, leave your comments under this episode. Tell us what you think about English Premier League football. Um, but we will come back to the subject of football. Um, I'd like to talk about international football. Uh, I'd like to talk about the World Cup. Who's going to win? What's going to happen? Who are the favourite teams? What's England going to do? Um, Interesting that I say, what is England going to do, not what are England? You could say both. What are England going to do? What is England going to do? What are the team going to do? What is the team going to do? It works both, because the team can be a unit or a collection of, you know, many people. Interesting that. There are a few words that are both plural and singular. Government, team... England, meaning England football team. Um, So we'll come back to the international football later. Also, I'd like to go into a bit more detail about specific words and phrases, because you will have heard James in particular here, as the sort of um, specialist football fan, using various phrases. It was was quite vocabulary rich, I must say. Really? Yeah, yeah. Did you realise? Were you doing that on purpose? I wasn't, no. Well... Well, it's interesting because there were loads of phrases, loads of different idioms and things. So what Well, what maybe I can do is go through this episode again and pick out some words that you said and then clarify them. But also I've got lists, some, some vocab relating to football, which we can go through later on so that everyone is completely clued up and so that you know all you need to know about the language of football so that when it comes to having that football conversation later on this year, around the World Cup, you'll be able to do it confidently in English because you've listened to Luke's English Podcast. Thanks very much for joining me, James. It's been fantastic, very interesting, and I hope your listeners have got something out of it. I'm sure they have. Um, So for this episode, ladies and gents, uh, it's goodbye from us both. Now, at the end of an episode, normally, I go bye, 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 like that, as if it's some sort of weird echo into the future. Okay. So, can you, can you do that? Can you do that with me? It's like, bye, 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 like an echo, all right? So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for listening. But for now, it's bye, 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 bye. bye, bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com.